Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I am so pleased to have Mr. Jeffrey Hazlett, the author of The Hero Factor, and just as important, the chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network in our studio today. Jeff, welcome to the program and thank you for making time to discuss your latest book, The Hero Factor. Hey, it's always great to be on any show, and especially yours, and always great to talk about me and my book. I mean, you can't beat that right there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, over the years, I've had the opportunity of, of, of attending your C-suite networks, and I tell you, you are the ultimate uh, moderator and host of digging into uh, leadership and how to build exciting businesses. But before we jump into your book, The Hero Factor, can you share with our audience a little bit about your education background? in career experience? Well, from an education perspective, I actually never finished college. I, I went through all of it. I went to a place called Augustana College, which is now Augustana University, and studied political science. But I was so involved in campaigns that I went off and did campaigns and, and never finished. So I'm a couple of credits short, but it hasn't held me back. I've gone on to become a, a Fortune 100 officer. I've bought and sold over 250 businesses, about 25 billion in transactions. and. And now I'm leading the, the C-suite network, you know, 350,000 C-suite executives. And we've got the Hero Club. We've got our C-suite network advisors. We've got a radio. We've got a radio podcast network. We've got a TV network, you know, so we're pretty excited about all we're building. Uh, how do you do it all? I mean, really, you are <laughs> constantly innovating and doing something new in all media spaces. Yeah, would you, you know, I, I like doing what I do. I got a great team. I mean, that's that's part of running a hero business is you're really running a hero business is about having great people in your operation who really take it. Uh, they fit, you know, we focus in on conditions of satisfaction, what each of us has to own or do and what our promises are. And then we just go deliver it. And that's the key, you know, right there. It's just finding great people. I think that's one of the biggest things, even on my own podcasts, when I'm doing all business or the Hero Factor podcast, I've got two of them. And when I'm doing those interviews, the number one thing that kind of comes through is always about talent, isn't it? I mean, you, you talk about people and it's just talent, 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 finding it or getting rid of bad ones. <laughs> right, you know, uh, recently um, I joined the advisory board of a company called Aptology. And they use an AI-based sales performance management tool, which allows you to determine if someone is the right fit. And getting the right fit is so important. How do you determine the right fit within your respective organizations that you have? Well, you know, one of the things I learned years ago uh, when I was chief marketing officer of Eastman Kodak and, and actually a couple of other companies that went, ran really well is that whoever you're hiring, you always have those people, uh, you know, uh, the next level down also interview those folks. You know, so if you're hiring someone at that same level, you have your other, other team members interview them. I always have my partners interview the person. Uh, if it's my executive assistant, I always have my wife introduce that per interview that person because she's going to interact with them a great deal too, and she's a great judge of character. But if, if I'm interviewing, let's say, a, a VP level, a next level down from me, or senior VP, then I usually have all the other senior VPs and VPs also, because they're gonna be working with that person and it's gotta be a team. And so I wanna get their perspective. And I've always found that to be a great, great thing. Now, I also like testing too. I also like putting them through a few tests. You know, I like to take them out for dinner too. You find out a lot about people when you're having dinner with them. 
Right, right. You know? So, you know, like, I'll order their champagne. Like, you know, if, if, if you get a person you're interviewing, they're ordering the most expensive things on the menu, or they're ordering champagne. You're going like, mm, wait a second here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we jump into the hero factor, let's talk about the C-suite network. How long ago did you start that, and what was the objective of starting the, the C-suite network? Well, I always like groups when I was in, have been in the C-suite, uh, especially at bigger companies, that I could get together and talk about things that I can't normally talk about with the people that I work with. And, but I want to also, I want to be able to, you know, like when I was a chief marketing officer of Kodak, I like to talk to other CMOs at GE, at Ford, at um, major brands, because we all had similar kinds of problems and we could kind of get together and, you know, basically, um, you know, I always just say billion dollar companies like to talk to billion dollar companies and CMOs like to talk to CMOs. And, and what I mean by that is we like a commonality of the group so we can really take the armor off and we can share similar problems because you're at a billion dollar level, you know, it's different than if you're a startup level. It's, it's, it's just, it's still zeros, but you kind of like to be together. So that was one of the things that I learned very much, uh, you know, early into my career, which was great to have that kind of support network that you could do it. And I used to pay upwards like $50,000 a year to belong to groups like that because it was just that valuable. And when I was leaving the, uh, the Kodak and I went and did my own show on Bloomberg, I started the C-suite with Jeffrey Hazlett. That became a runaway success. And so all these people were contacting me and I said, geez, we've got to put together a group for everybody um, so that we can all sit in the boardroom together. We can all sit in the C-suite together. You know, we're 99% of the people who, you know, work at a company never get to go. And it's for, you know, a fairly elite group. And I'm not trying to be elitist because that's not what most C-suiters are about but it's a place where we can come together and have some commonality and discussions that we can't get on LinkedIn. You know, like, like for instance, LinkedIn, everybody's putting fake addresses because they don't want to talk to everybody and you don't know, you know, you can't tell who that person is. So we needed a vetted community and that's what the C-suite network's about. And it's been around for how many years now? Oh, we got together about four and a half, almost five, four and a half mm -hmm. years ago. I think maybe mm -hmm. it could be five now. I have to, right. I'm not good on like when things get started. I'm always in the moment. So, um, you know, like a lot of people say, hey, Jeff, what's the most successful, uh, or what's the biz big, biggest mistake you've ever made? And I always go, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. You know, I'm, uh, you know it's like, I don't think about the past too much because I'm always looking at what it's going to be right. and, how to, and how to keep right. getting it there. And then once I get there, right. then I change it a little bit and keep going. You know? Right. So yeah. you, you have an event coming up in New York in New York in December, I believe. Yeah, correct? We, we do. December. Uh, let's see. We got a whole week of events. So we it depends on what kind of member you are. But we've got the 8th, 9th and 10th for our Hero Club members, which are value based CEOs. It's only for those that are leading hero organizations, um, a group that you apply to and become a part of. And it's just a fantastic group it's growing at about It'll triple this next year, just, just going through the roof. Then we have our C-suite network conference, which is on the 10th, and that's for all of our executive members who are BP of higher companies uh, of a couple million or greater. And then on top of that, we have our, our thought summit, which is for our C-suite network advisors. Um, now, these are coaches and trainers and influencers and you know, speakers and authors who, who help serve the C-suite. And then following that, we've got council meetings. Um, we've got manufacturing council. We've got the sports council. We've got uh, just a, a ton of uh, marketing impact council, the legal council. We've got, we have all these different you know, peer groups 
that get together and meet uh, as well. And that, that falls on the 10th and 11th and that falls on the 11th and 12th. Um, so we've got some great meetings going on for, for our next couple of days after that. And how can uh, someone, what, what is the website for them to register? Oh yeah, go to csuitenetwork.com, uh, c-suitenetwork.com or, or you know, reach out to me on, on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. Um, anybody on C-Suite can tell you, but you should be able to find it. Just look up C-Suite Conference New York and you Beautiful. should be able to find it. And, and folks, let me tell you, I have attended a few times and it's always very, very informative. It's, it's extremely executive. What I mean by extremely executive is that you're dealing with some very serious C-suite executives. So congratulations on that. Well, Jeff. thank you, Daryl. I appreciate that, brother. We, you know, we have so many good people this time around. We're, we're still adding speakers as we speak, but we've got the founder of UGG coming, UGG Boots. I mean, when you start with a name like UGG and build into a billion-dollar brand, you got to be doing something right. Right. Uh, Bob uh, Guccione, who's coming, Bob, you know, his mm. father, if you remember, was oh, uh, yes. at, at Penthouse, which was uh, a lot of young men remember. But but beyond that, Bob uh, was, you know, started there with his father, but then he went on to found Spin Magazine, which is one of the biggest right. music magazines in the mm. world. Mm. And then Discover, and now he, now he heads up Wonderlust, a huge travel site. Um, and so we've got him with Secrets and uh, just so, somebody else. I just heard... I just heard from Todd English, uh, the chef, that he's coming by. So oh, nice. Just, yeah, nice. so it's, it's amazing. We've got a long list of celebrities, long list of media people, politicians, and certainly uh, business executives, as you mentioned. We've had everything from the chairman of Time Magazine to the chairman of Target, the chairman of uh, you know, Toys R Us. Um, last year, the, the head of United Airlines. I mean, you name it. That's who. These are the folks that are in either walking the halls or on the stage. And um, you know, everybody always asks me, "Hey, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker." Um, these are a lot of professional speakers. And I go, "Hey, look, I got, I got the, I got the C-suite coming. What? I, I can't even get them all in. You know, right. so it's, it's fantastic." <laughs> so let's talk about your latest book because you've had many books before, but yeah. this one is special. This is the the hero factor. Uh, yeah. What prompted you to write this book? Well, I tell you, it was all about looking at our hero CEO group. We have a group of hero CEOs, CEOs and founders who have agreed to take a pledge. Uh, all started back in 1998 when a guy named Rob Ryan sold his company for $20 billion and set aside a percentage for all of his employees, making the single largest number of millionaires ever created in one day. And mm -hmm. all these people would come up to him and say, Mr. Ryan, Mr. Ryan, you're, you're my hero. And he didn't feel like a hero, but he started this group called the Hero Club. And eventually he came to us and said, here, run with this. You're, you're building this huge organization with all these people coming in. Can you make a bigger impact? And so we took on the Hero Club. And when we started to look at the CEOs in that group, we found out that they had a something special called the Hero Factor. In fact, uh, somebody recently wrote a review that said the Hero Factor kicks in where good to great leaves off, which was a Oh, just a wonderful thing to have somebody say about our book and about the, the hero factor. And we found that these leaders lead hero organizations because nobody wakes up every day and says, hey, I want to be a hero. You know, and no CEO wants to be a hero, but CEOs do want to run great organizations and lead great cultures. And so we found out by the cultures that they lead that are based on values, by putting people above profit, okay? And we found out they gross more dollars in their industry, they net more dollars, they have happier employees, more engaged customers, vendors who want to do business with them. And when they walk through the community, everybody points at them and says, there goes a hero business. Because 
they take care of the environment. They take care of the little league. They take care of, you know, all the things that you need to have to be a great community. They're at the forefront of that. And that's what hero businesses are about. And so we get together and it's, and that's what the hero factor was written about was to talk about these folks and to talk about the differences that we have to have in businesses and the more that businesses need now more than ever, you know, given today's political climate, economic climate, you know, um, it's time for businesses to take a stand. And for a long time in this country, we've been afraid to take a stand and business leaders need to be at the forefront of that um, because that's, that's our job. Absolutely. And so when you think about after one has read the book, what are the key themes that or principles that you're hoping that the reader would grasp onto of the uh, hero that's, factor? That's, that's a great question. I think there's, there's two or three that I would say right off the bat. The first one is pick a side. Decide what kind of business you want to be. So there's a lot of, on page 12, I, I, I put up a chart called the Hero Factor Index. Where do you stand? In fact, any one of you listening right now can go to the herofactorbook.com and you can get a free assessment. I don't want to, you don't have to buy the book. I give it to you because I want you to figure out where you're at. We want to create a movement of hero leaders and hero companies. And so I give this to you. It's a gift. So you can find out where you're at. But on page 12, we actually define, you know, what kind of business are you based on your, 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 um, your indexing. And so we ask you a series of questions and you, you put it in there and you find out whether you're a good company, you know, or whether you're a hero fact, you know, hero company, or you're a wannabe or a do-gooder or a bottom liner or an asshat company. All right. You know, which we're seeing right now play out right now with WeWork. Okay. There's a company that could be a great company and look what the leader of that company is doing. You know, he's taking $1.7 billion and he's putting in his pocket, laying off thousands of people, lost billions of value because of the kind of leader he is. There's an asset company. There it is right there. Um, and of course, we can point to Bernie Madoff. We can point to um, we can point to the guy that did the insulin pumps, you know, and the, the you know the other things that, that 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 you've seen in the news. Those are just really bad companies, as opposed to the spectrum on the other side. We got great companies. So 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 pick a side. That's number one. Number one, decide what kind of business you want to be. And um, and by the way, I even talk about this in even politics. You know. Uh, you know, I, I tell people, Daryl, that, that, that right now, uh, Trump's a good thing for this country. Now, some people don't want to hear that. And I don't say that because I was a judge on Celebrity Apprentice and we're friends. Uh, because let me be clear, I think he's bat, you know what, crazy. Uh, but and, but we, for so long, we've allowed us never to take a stand. And this is what we get. You get people who aren't as qualified to be. I mean, and in all due respect, I like him as a person, but I don't care for a lot of stuff that he does. So, and I think a lot of other people would say the same thing. You know, if I got to go home and apologize for him to my wife, that's not a good thing, right? So, so it's about really truly t picking a side. If we start picking sides as leaders in this country, as, as real business people who should be leaders, then we'll have something else. So anyway, I keep, I should take a breath every once in a while. I'll let you jump in, but I got no, two no, more. I got, no, 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 please. No, no, continue. <laughs> but the, the, the second one's diversity. You, you need to have diversity. So you need to have diversity of thought, diversity of geography, diversity of color, background, creed, race, uh, political persuasion, everything. If we, if we create companies that are, that are only like 
us, then you've got this cyberborg kind of mentality. And so what do we do is we find that the companies that are here that have the hero factor have great diversity and they're reflective of their communities and they're reflective of the people they serve. And, and sometimes we've gotten away from that. I mean, I, to think that every, you know, you look at the stats that, you know, um, most CEOs are, are, are a little bit, a little bit longer in the tooth and they're, they're white male. Well, that's not reflective of the population. And so maybe we should start to get a little bit more diverse. And then the third thing, while I'm on my soapbox, this is all in the book, and I get pretty excited about it. See, Darren, once you put the quarter in, you get to go for the full ride here. There you okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one's inclusion. To be inclusive. You know, to re it's one thing to say you're diverse. The other thing is to go make it happen. And so I, that's what we find with Hero Leaders. We, we go find, you know, as a real leader, you go look for opinions that aren't like yours. You go look for people who aren't giving you input who might be quieter, who might, who might not stand out in the meetings and, and to make, make, make people give you those things. And by the way, when you do that, you find there's a pony in there, there's gems and it's just wonderful. And so that I outline all that in the book and I get pretty excited about it. If you ever listen to the auto book, you, you'll hear me get excited just like this as I'm reading it. So it's just fantastic. I, I love it. So I think it's the best book I've written. I've written four bestsellers, millions of copies that are out there in you know the mirror test uh, running the gauntlet uh, think big act bigger and now of course the hero factor um it's my it's i i'm loving this book and, and it's still in the bookstore a year later it's still in the airports a year later and again don't forget to go get that free assessment at the hero factor book.com absolutely one of the key points that um I read about the book is, is that one of the key points is that it's important to invest in people as a path to more inclusion. What does that require for a CEO to do? When you're talking about invest in the people as a path to more inclusion. So I, there's a great, there's a, there's a guy that I really like that lives in Dallas. His name's Jason Forrest. Uh, he's been part of our organization and he, he has a philosophy that said no show do. And, and I, I love that. And I think he's added no show do teach, teach do or something like that, but it's about a similar thing. So, so it's important for, I know things as a CEO because I've been through the ranks in the business. I've bought and sold hundreds of businesses. I've, you know, in a millisecond, I can see the end point. Not, not that I'm smarter than anyone. It's just, I have a great deal of experience, you know? And, and if you're doing the right things and being the kind of leader that you want to be, well, then it gives you some, some up. So how do I bring in the next level, the, the, or the, I call it three deep, really go deep into the organization. How do I, I know it, how do I show you so you can do it, right? So, you, so that's what it means. And it's not an easy thing to do as a leader because you got to take away time from the other things, but that's what you have to invest in. And a lot of us forget that in our businesses, the time it takes to sit down and, and actually do. And I'm sitting here with a huge, you know, long list of things to get done. I can show this on the cameras we're talking here together. And, and, not, and I, it's easier for me to do them. What's more difficult is for me to show someone else how to do it and then include them so they learn and do it. But I, you know, I'm doing that right now. I was actually writing out a letter and I was gonna do it, send it out. No, 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 no. It doesn't do me any good to do that by, it does me good because I'm good at it, okay, I'll get it done. But what's more important is how do I teach the team? How do I teach these people that are two or three levels lower 
and I'm not saying lower from a cast perspective, but just down in the organization to say, hey, now I want to bring you forth so you can do it. You learn it and you get the feeling of elation just like I do when we win. And that's what that's about. You know, one of the key factors that I lecture about is how to build a high-performing team. And one of the areas that I, I, I often see that there's a, a deficiency is where the leader has it in its head and it's not documented. What, yeah. what, what, what advice would you give to those CEOs that have it in their head, but they haven't really outlined it in a way where that, that knowledge can be transferred all through the ranks of the organization? Well, I think that's a, a part of what you call your conditions of satisfaction. So I outline what those are, but we've got to sit down as a team and define them. And then we have to find owners of that process as part of it. And so, and I'm a very visual person. And so I have to be careful as a leader because I see this idea and all of a sudden, boom, I see the solution all the way through because that's who I am and what I do. But now I have to really sit down and say, okay, now let's line that out. I mean, I just recently took the marketing team of our organization through a five-hour exercise where I'm given each one of them as we go through each section the marker and say, you write it down. I mean, it scared the living crap out of these people. I mean, a couple of these young young kids were, it was their first week, and they're, they're seeing me full on in a meeting. They're thinking, if I make a mistake, he's going to kill me, which is not going to happen. But, but you know what I mean. They just, right. They're in that mindset. And so, but they had to learn that we can make a mistake. They could write the right, wrong thing down, um, and no one died. And, and, and here's to get to the right thing, and here's what that looks like. And, oh, my gosh, now I see it. And then how do you link all that together? But that's, you have to do that. It's important. You know, working with the millennials now, that, that requires some different techniques. What advice would you yeah. give to CEOs in regards to the best practices of working with millennials? Because they're digital natives. They, they, they grew up with the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, well, but at the same time, they need to learn some of the processes and reasons why we do things. So there has to be a melding between the two. One's not better than the other. They're both good. So how do you put them together and get something that's better? So one plus one equals seven, 10, nine, you know, whatever it might be. And that's, that's what we have to do. You know, we're used to older leaders are used to a command and control structure where it's top driven down. And we've now moved into a world where it's a chaotic uh, kind of innovation structure that we're seeing and, and more collaborative. And so how do we become more collaborative in saying, okay, how, how do you do it? How would you see it? And, and, and that's how old dogs learn new tricks. I'm constantly amazed by my team and they're all young, uh, most of them, uh, not all of them, but most of them are pretty <laughs> young. And they're showing me some wonderful things. And, and at the same time, I tell them, do you understand you're going through an experience that you'll probably never get to recreate in your career? And meaning we're going to have such high growth and such high, you know, our C-suite network, C-suite TV, C-suite radio, C-suite book club. It's all growing so big that they're going to be part of something that's massive. And, you know, if we put that with the hero club, it's then it's going to even change people's lives and, and change, you know, change the way they do things. So it's exciting to be able to tie those two things together. You know, one of the key points I read about your book, one of the points was there was the idea of recasting the role of the business leadership beyond politics. Explain that. What, what did you mean by that? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, we all get into playing politics in our business. We all get into like, this is the reason why we do it. And that's my role. And, 
we have to move beyond that, that that's our role and it has to be a more collective kind of thing especially with these younger folks coming into into play they want to be a part of it well why why shouldn't they be a part of it it's no longer just marching to orders it's about how do we all take that hill together and um, you know i'm leading from the front you're leading from the front we all lead we all have but we all have a role to play and and again, it's getting away from that hierarchy that we've always had in business um, in the past. You know, uh, recently I attended this conference uh, last week in Philadelphia, the SAMS conference, and there was a woman there from Philips who is a Kaizen expert, mm-hmm. and she she led a session on Kaizen. It, it sounds like it, it's very Kaizen-ish, if you will. It is. I, I mean, I, I'm, I've studied that and spent a great deal of time in Japan for many, many uh, decades. Mm-hmm. So I get that. And that, there is a little bit of that. But I think it's just a human approach, isn't it? It's really about just being a, a real human and helping people achieve their goals. If I help you achieve your goals, then I'm going to achieve mine because we're linked together. And the bigger you can get, the bigger I can get. So I want you to do everything you can and more because I'm going to get as much out of it. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. And by the way, and profit's still not a bad word, you know, because the more money we make, the more we can drive the values that are important to us as a company. And I, and I think, you know, linking those together is a real important piece of the puzzle for success. And I'm happy you said that profits are not bad. Profits are good. No one wants to hear about anybody being laid off, right? Yeah. Well, no. And at the same time, you know, to do good and not make money. So you can't do good anymore. You'll just work yourself out. You know, you'll never get out of a wet paper sack. So so I love do-gooders, but at the same time, it doesn't do you any good if you're not profitable. And so, and one of the points, it talks about creating the next generation of hero leaders. Do you have plans to take this into the K through 12? Well, it would be great. I always, I, I look at things as first crawl, walk, run. So right. I need to move past a few hundred members into a few thousands and then from then to thousands to 10,000s, then to hundred thousand. So once we start doing that, uh, I'll be more than happy to make that happen. I think we've got great leaders down at the lower, you know, into kindergarten and K through 12. I think young people are very aspirational. It's when they get up to being an adult and put them into a company that we crush them. So how about we stop crushing them and we start growing them? And we do that once they enter that workforce. That's, I think, let's just get the leaders on board first. And so after someone reads your book, what would you recommend? What is the one or two things that they can start right away to, you know, because change is hard. Yeah. Number one, what's your walkaway values? What, what are the values that you have at the forefront that you want to walk away from business from or walk away from a relationship or walk away from a marriage or walk away from a politician or walk away from, well, you name it. And, and I think we need to spend more time on understanding what our values are and living our values. But that, that doesn't mean we still can't be tolerant of other values and other people, unless they're really asset companies. If they're asshats, then I really don't care too much about them. But, but by and large, you know, we've, we've gotten away from allowing people to voice opinions. You know, look on Facebook, look at what we do as, as humans today. We're, we're shutting out those people. I love it when my, my friends are pro-Trump and I'm pro this or pro that. And I love to have good, healthy debates. We still disagree, but in the end, we'll still have a scotch together. We'll still share a hot dog, you know, whatever it might be. And we'll, we'll still hug each other at the end. I, that's okay. That's what makes this, that's what makes this, our differences make us stronger. 
Jeff, believe it or not, we are coming to the close of our interview. Wow. And I'd like to give you the opportunity to share any last remaining thoughts uh, for our audience about The Hero Factor. Well, just check us out. Go to the herofactorbook.com, download your free assessment, put your company through it, um, see how you're doing. And if you're interested in becoming a hero leader, just reach out to us. We'd love to have you. That's excellent. That's excellent. And of course, your book can be found on all of the retail outlets. Absolutely. And uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, Books A Million, you name it, you can find The Hero Factor by Jeffrey Hazlett pretty much anywhere. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Jeffrey Hazlett. He is the author of The Hero Factor and chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network. I assure you, if you uh, register for their December event in New York, you are going to have a great time, get some great information and do some great networking. Jeff, I want to thank you for coming on the program today. Thank you very much. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up this week on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. If you've missed any part of this broadcast, it becomes a podcast right after it airs. So you can go to Seton Hall University on iTunes and look for Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter. I want to wish you a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU. 89.5 FM.